100% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 118. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Archbishop Mitty High School women's head volleyball coach Brett Almasan Cesar to discuss the mindset of creating culture and the cultural pillars that make up his championship program. Over 20 years of coaching high school volleyball, Coach Almazan Cesar has produced seven national championships, six California Team of the Year, 11 state championships, 16 NorCal championships, 17 section championships, 17 league championships, and over 800 career wins. He has been named National Coach of the Year four times and Coach of the Year by the Mercury News, Max Preps, Cal High Sports, and USA Today. Max Preps has recently named the Midi Women's Volleyball Program Team of the Decade. With all of his success, Coach Almazan Cesar always stays true to the basics. Build trust and rapport with your players, and after every practice and game, ask the question, how do we get better? What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sport specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Grant? Uh, I'm doing good, Coach, man. I- I'm really excited, and I've been uh, waiting for a while to get you on my show after the season. And you know, and I, I wanted to share with my listeners that I had the opportunity, and I was honored to not only uh, work with you in your program, but just to see, you know, firsthand how you do things and how you um, coach greatness. And that's that's the way that I see it. And having you on my show today to talk about building culture, how you build culture, and your journey up to this point, um, I'm just really excited to to dive into it and share it with my listeners. Cool, let's go to it. All right. So I always talk about mental toughness, one of my favorite things to talk about, at least to, to set the tone of the show. So when you think about all the years that you've coached, when you think of the word mental toughness or being mentally tough, like what does that mean to you? I think mental toughness in our arena is something where you can stay present and know that your actions are moving you forward, whether that moving forward is to passing the next volleyball, serving the next ball tough, or 
taking care of that next step to get you to where you want to get to at the end, but knowing that whatever the obstacle is, you can take that next step. Exactly. Next. I, I hear that a lot. That word is, is important. Next, next play speed, next thought, next play. So when you think about all the years that you've coached, and I know you have tons of stories, and I know you because you, you, you're a great storyteller, <laughs> but can, can you share a specific time throughout your whole career where an athlete, and you can say you know her name or not, an athlete that showed up in the moment to be menta- mentally tough? That, there's a lot. Yeah. I, I can think of one specifically. We had a player who was our star who ended up going to Penn State to play volleyball. Um, her name's Claire Powers, great kid. Um, she was injured. During Servant Pass, she, she became injured. And we were holding her out, holding her out, holding her out. And we get to the section championships, and she's put, put me in, put me in. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's not worth it. So she, in her infinite wisdom, goes down to the assistant coach and says, make him put me in. Well, the assistant coach comes to me and I go, if, if you're, you're in this, we'll put her in, but only back row only, and she can't jump. Well, needless to say, it kind of fired up everybody. Uh, she did end up jumping, and we won the match, which we probably shouldn't have. But just her saying, this is my desire, and this is what I need to do for my team, um, that's tough. That's inspiring. Big time. Especially in that moment to be vulnerable and to show up that way, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Now, I want to before we get into the, your thoughts about building culture and your culture and why it's so special there at MIDI. Uh, I want to I want to learn a little bit about how you got into coaching volleyball because, from my understanding, <laughs> you didn't really have a background in volleyball. How how did that all happen? Uh, I married the, a volleyball coach. Um, <laughs> Simple. There it is. My girlfriend, my fiance, she played volleyball. I went to a school in college that had a wonderful volleyball program, the University of Pacific, where I got to see the game and see the patterns. And I was kind of intrigued by the patterns. Ended up marrying this lady that was a coach. And to spend more time with her, I started tossing some balls around and it started from there. Wow. Now, what about your mindset? Like, how would you describe, and I'm, I'm sure it's probably changed and evolved over, over years, but how would you describe your mindset or your philosophy as a coach? My mindset as a coach, I'm trying to make kids better. I, I figure if you get kids to be empowered, to accept challenges, then they'll do the work. You know, it isn't a product of me but it's a product of me getting them to identify the things that they need to do to be successful. I think that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. For... <laughs> 100 I mean, If you come into our program, you've been around, it's not a lot of me saying, get to this dot now, get to this space now, do this now. It's more of a, a questioning, okay, what do we need to do to get better? What did we do well? and have them buy into it by having them have complete ownership. Well, and it's funny because it's your mindset and your philosophy, and I've seen this firsthand, it's consistent. And so I believe when you're being about it and being about your philosophy, people can see it and feel it. 
and and obviously you've been you've been coaching the same program for a long time, so you have a lot of stuff that's in place. But even though this to me it, it's a kind of a coach, it's a little bit of a coach led culture, but it's not. Like it's more of a player led co- culture because they have actually bought into your philosophy, they bought into your mindset, and it's actually a really cool thing to see on a day to day basis. I think that's what's really neat about the mini volleyball program is I have my own ideas of what a good person is, what a good student is, what a good teacher is. And when we have very successful years, you can see that the kids are becoming more and more congruent with what I think, Hmm. not that vanguard, fire it up, fire it up, let's go crazy. It's that kid of let's just get our jobs done. Let's go to the next step. Let's grind today. We have work to do. We have to rehearse this next program. And if we get our stuff done, the end happens. Well, and you know what? As far as your mindset as a coach, I've seen this, and this is this is actually to see this like in real time is really cool. But you coach this game of volleyball like you're playing chess, and like, oh, yeah. and it's really cool to see, like even even in practice. But what motivates you to have that approach with the game? What fuels your competitive spirit? We're just trying to get better. Is that, you know? Yeah. And and that's the thing is we're always trying to get better to see what we can do. We're trying to search for the possibility. You know, can we do this? Should we try? Of course we should try. But we're looking for the possibilities. So when people say, okay, can you win back to back? I don't know. Let's try. You know, you can't win three in a row. We probably can't, but we might as well try. And then we end up winning six in a row, and, and it boggles my mind, let alone people that talk about us. Like, we're just literally trying to get better and seeing what we can do. Can we stretch the boundaries of what a program can be? And, and that you do. Um, and it's really, it's from my perspective and where I see, sit, it's really nice to see that. And it's cool how you do it um, from year to year. And when we talk about your program, like literally, it's one of the best volleyball programs in the country. And I want to share with my listeners a little bit of the accolades for you and the program. I might lose my breath a little bit because there's a lot to say here. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, over 27 years, you have a total of 875 career wins. You've been named High School Volleyball National Coach of the Year four times. You've won... Uh, state championship, California state championships 11 times, but six of them were consecutive. You have 16 NorCal championships, 17 CCS championships, and 17 league championships. I'm going to take a breath here. And um, <laughs> and as far as like, I don't know, as, as far as like um, a blueprint, like with all that success and, and all those championships, like when did you start noticing that your approach or your formula started to work and, and have you tweaked it over time? I think like anything good, it's always going to be evolving. I think when I got to MIDI, it was all about compete, compete, compete. Let's win. Let's work hard. Let's work harder than anyone else. We've got to be as good as when Kerry was. And we got there. And then there was a couple of years where that didn't work. So we evolved to a more individual center um, taking care of people and allowing them to create team as individuals. The team's the most important. You're always going to help people that need help, but you're also going to ask for help 
when you need help. So I think it's an evolution. I mean, I, I can think of one year where we had two of the best players in the country, and one was driven by competition of working hard, and the other one was trying to be perfect and working hard. And it was neat to have to write practice plans or develop that culture that year that both these two players could be successful. And when you were talking about Kerry, and just so my listeners know, Kerry Walsh Jennings. So I'm sure most of the people know who that is. <laughs> but um, you know, when you when you think about all those championships that you won, especially at the at the state level, what is it like the next morning when you win? I mean, is it different based off what has happened throughout the year, or uh, is it the same feeling when you wake up the next morning and you're like, "Yep, I'm we're state champions." <laughs> Well, the first thing is, okay, what can we do to be better? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that show's over. We killed it. What can we do to be better? You know, whether it's the championship that was, oh, yeah, we were supposed to win, or that championship of, oh, my God, we won. Um, I think the first thought's always, how are we going to do better next year? Yeah. And and they're all so different. Uh, the last one was definitely, I was in awe of these kids and their talents and what they did. There's no way they should have won that game. And because back to the chess analogy, I think my biggest strength is that analytical, mathematical design of what we do. I also think it's my greatest weakness at times because... Yeah. You, you don't get that emotional part as much. Um, but that last championship, it was all of the above. And it it was hard to explain the next morning. It was like, what did we just do? <laughs> you had to be with it for a little bit, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah that was, I mean, I look at the end of that match, and everybody's going crazy doing the dog pile. And then... Uh, you look at me, I, I just wave at the kids like, and I, I know my mind was sitting there going, you're unbelievable. You're simply unbelievable. Wow. You know, I don't know if I know this, um, you know, with all your appearances and wins at the state level, uh, was there ever a time when you <laughs> made it to state and you didn't win? Oh, yeah. I'm the losingest coach in state championship history with five losses. And and, and, and the best part is it, it's April Ross. So <laughs> how, do you, partner. how do you deal with that? Like, how, how do you it's one thing you wake up the next morning, you're processing your thoughts and the whole journey of that year of, you know, when you win. But like when you go through a whole season and you lose the game, you know, depending on how much meaning you put on it. But it is it's a big it's a huge game. How do you deal with those emotions and those feelings? I think it's different each year, whether you win or lose. I mean, because I think the kids will always have peace of mind if they put out their best effort to win, to be successful, and then they can. I mean, it's sad, but I think when the outcome isn't what you wish it to be, but you did everything to do, then I don't think it's as sad as if you have a loss where, oh, no, we were supposed to win. We didn't serve that one ball in. We didn't pass that one free ball. 
those are a lot different and those haven't been many when you're dealing with all that you're you're processing you know depending on the year you know sue and i sue phillips and i and i've had and other coaches i've talked to um regardless if you go the distance and you, you get to the championship game when you're done with the season like do you have the blues at all? Like, are you are you like ready that it's over and you move on, or do you have to process all the relationships that you worked with and built, all these things that you had to deal with emotionally? Does it? Because for me, at least, when I was like coaching football, it wasn't like you know when Monday came, I wasn't happy. Like, I was like, what am I doing with myself now? What am I doing with these emotions, with these thoughts? And I had to like put in a process for me to kind of transition out of the season. I think it's interesting the day after when you see the kids in the halls and it, it, it's over. You know, what are we supposed to do now? And you see that with any athlete, whether championship level or whatever, um, you know, it's part of your life for those months, right? Three o'clock hits, you're in the gym. And then you're out at 530. Three o'clock, 5.30. Then all of a sudden, that's over. And so what do you do with the extra time? I guess we're kind of feeling that right now. Right. Um, being sheltered in place, it's like, what do we do with this extra time? And so my mindset is always, okay, what do we got to do to be better? What are we going to do with the extra time? Okay, we have to decompress, sure. But let's write a quick start guide for next season. What does one kid need to know if she were to walk in the store to make this team and make this team better? You know, let's start playing with stuff like that. Yeah. But it's always about moving forward. It, 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 I'm, I'm not one to look and say, okay, um, why did we win or why did we lose? You know, you, you, we're always going to make our little tea of what we did well and what we can improve upon. And that's the mindset every day. It's nice when... It's nice when you win and you got to call the, the ring representative to order those, but that, that's extra. <laughs> right. <laughs> Icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know you, you know, getting to know you this past year, I know you love to win, but I know it's, it's not about winning for you. And when we talk about culture, which we're going to get into now, you know, when you think about that word, like, like what, is, what does culture mean to you? Shared values. But simply shared values, I think, you know, that all the kids or the program will have the shared values, right? It isn't about winning. What are we about? You know, what is, what can you explain us as an entity, not as a team? What, what are we about? What's important to us? You know, what common values, what common expectations, what common beliefs? That's what culture is to me. And, and where do you start? I mean, I know it depends on the program that you inherit. Um, maybe we can go back to when you first started at MIDI, but like, like typically when you're building culture or establish, establishing culture, like, where do you start? Trying to find likenesses, mm. immediate likenesses. Yeah. Because um, people who like us tend to like us, and people who like us tend to be like us. <laughs> 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 I like I it, Coach. I like it. <laughs> so you look for for common likenesses. Um, you look for things that you could value together. You know, at MIDI, I was lucky to inherit a program that had a prayer 
and we rewrote the prayer and the prayers evolved based upon um, the changing times, the changing kids, the changing cultures. But a lot of kids have gone into rewriting the prayer. And I think the prayer states our shared values. Well, when you think about values or pillars, we hear that a lot uh, of mm-hmm. your culture. Like, how would you describe the pillars or the values of, of, the, of your culture? Our pillars, commitment, selfless, always improving, integrity, unfailing spirit, always striving to compete. All those are all important, right? But if there was one that that resonates the most with you, which one uh, speaks the most to you? Selflessness. I always sit there and I say, you guys, it's never about you and it's not about you and it's not about you <laughs> it's all it, it, it's always about us you know you take care of the us and the us will take care of you totally we before me right yeah yeah you know it's funny when i when i talk to a lot of coaches uh, on my podcast and even when i work with with coaches and teams um one of the things i love is is not only being a part of their culture but affecting it and seeing it evolve and just seeing it work. Like when you see a culture that's thriving, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I've had a lot of coaches on my show, and I love asking this question, but I ask them, like, if you were to name your culture, like, what would it be? Like, there's, and there's been multiple coaches that have said, well, my culture is called the effort <laughs> culture, the earn it culture, the feel it culture, the mind right culture, be your best culture. Like, what... I don't know if you've ever thought about that, or maybe you do know, but <laughs> what would you name your culture? The chorus line. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought about when you look at a chorus line, right? Everybody has to do their part, or it looks like crap, yeah. right? On a team, if there's 14 piles of diamonds and one pile of crap, everybody's going to notice the crap. <laughs> you know, so our chorus line is going to rehearse, 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 and rehearse so that we could be perfect when it's showtime. Yeah. And I think I'm going to use that this year. I love it, (laughs) coach. And I'm going to, I'm because, you know, obviously I'm a witness. I've been a part of the culture. It is when you say that like chorus line for you to be, for anybody to be a part of a chorus line, you have to be in sync. You got to own your role. You've got, I mean, it's all about reps, but your program from from the beginning of practice, middle of practice, ending practice, before games, after it is all in sync. Like you have it down. And you have it down because they've bought into it. And it's it's really cool that I've witnessed it and noticed that chorus line mindset. Like it that's probably a really, really great descriptive way of going about naming your culture because it, it speaks volumes. It, it sort of fits. Huh? It does. I mean, a team, a team that that practices lining up for pictures. Yeah. Because that's just part of the precision that we do. You know, you practice that. So when you do get a chance to have a trophy, you know exactly where you're going to sit. <laughs> um, and it's cool. We that that came by accident. What that looked like, and the kids call it the formation. I love it. So I guess that's part of our chorus line. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that too, when we were, when we had our ceremonies at the end of the season, um, you know, I wanted to have a, a picture with the team 
And I remember you you turned to the team like, okay, we're going to take a picture with Grant. And they all got into that same position as if they were going to take a team picture. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and it's cool. And, and, I, and I do want to share this because I think this is actually really cool because you have incredible legacy and history with the program. You have incredible pictures to show for it within your office. And I know there's um, a few pictures of when you win state where they, ha- where they all jump on each other. And, and it's, really, <laughs> it's really cool. And I want, I, want you, I want you to share that with my listeners, like that you guys practice that. And that that's part of the culture. I think the practice started because one time a kid got hurt. Mm. So so we ended up saying when it's about time to dogpile, um, <laughs> we're gonna practice so nobody would get hurt. Right. Because <laughs> um, they like they they dogpiled at CCS and a kid got injured into the dogpile, so we couldn't she couldn't play the next week. So it's like okay, if we're gonna do this, then we should rehearse it like we rehearse everything. So we rehearse the dog pile. Um, we don't rehearse it ad nauseum. It's usually one of those moments, uh, Coach, I think we're ready, which means they think they're prepared to win a big match, and they'll practice with the dog pile. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's really cool. Now, with, with your culture winning so much, when you have a winning culture, you know, there's a lot of expectations that the, the athletes put on themselves, you know, families and friends and social media, and just, there's just a lot of pressure. Um, when you think about your program and the expectations that are attached to it, whether you control it or not, how do you as a coach, how do you coach them to be less distracted, and how do you coach them to deal with losses? It, it, it's the same thing as always. What do we got to do next? Mm. You know, what are we doing well? What do we do better? You know, if you can, like when we talk, if you can focus on your breath, then you can at least control one thing. Um, sometimes that isn't easy. Right. But we all know we can breathe in deep, let it out. We can breathe in fast. We can breathe in slow. But we're going to do something that we can control. And so when you're playing a game like volleyball, what's the next thing you can control? Well, we can serve tough because that's all us, our mind, and the ball, nothing else. Um, but the whole focus is what can we do next? What we can do better? What can we do to stay present? So the other stuff extraneous, that all those uh, expectations, all those desires, are extraneous and they're just a product of what we do in this moment. And when you think about, I mean, you have a lot of responsibility. You have, you've been invested in the MIDI culture for a long time. Um, as a coach, what what keeps you up at night, or is there does does is there anything that keeps you up at night? <laughs> when am I going to get to see these kids again? <laughs> um, I, I worry. I you know. Are they going to go to the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to get better? You know, where where am I in the world to help them get better? Um, whether it's, you know, one plus one equaling two or learning to dogpile or learning to pass a volleyball. You know, how how can I help these people get better? You know, and, and I know this about you in that, because I've seen it, I know you do. Um, it's one of those things where it's one thing to say it, but like you show, 
you show it in your actions, you show it in your energy, you, you show it in your language. And I think that's why a lot of the, um, the player, why every player buys into your program because they can see it and they can feel it. So with, with that being said, and I know I kind of understand, I know what you're going to say, uh, cause I, I've, you know, been in your program, but you know, this yeah. is, this is my mental performance moment here. Um, but you know, we're talking about culture. How important is it to have mental skills training a part of your program? It's huge. It's huge because it can be practiced just like you can practice the sports skills. And sometimes it's hard to cut through all the other stuff in the world to just practice the skill, right? You said what was mental toughness. It's doing what you need to do now. Mm. But it's hard sometimes to do what you need to do now when you have other obligations and other responsibilities. So practicing the mental skills game allows you to filter that stuff out so you can take and do the task at hand. Mm. It's like... I, I'm laughing because I was thinking about that time that you played the twelfth man to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, thing. And they're, oh, I'm pretty calm. You just hear the music coach plays in practice sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were on the same, we were on the same line that day. That was pretty funny. Like, okay, we're gonna set him pass, and this music is gonna be the worst thing you've ever heard. <laughs> Next day, you're up there. When we did that, it was so funny how you and I were thinking on this on the same lines because we didn't even talk about it. We didn't talk about you know, like no. my agenda for that week. And just so my listeners know, is that you know Mitty was getting ready to to play in a big big game where where there was going to be a potential loud environment. So I wanted them to get used to like being in a situation so they can drop into the breath, drop into their to their thoughts and get more emotional control. So, you know, I had this grand idea of taking this clip of the 12th man of Seattle Seahawks Stadium, and when that's blared on on a huge speaker, which I, I didn't have that, so it wasn't that loud, but I thought it was going to be this impactful thing, and the whole team was looking at me, and they're like, you haven't listened to what Coach gave us earlier this week, and it was... <laughs> Was it meow meowing cats? Was that was that what it was? Uh, yeah, there there was some cat fights. There was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to keep it creative. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing about coaching too is, um, it's one thing to be technical and and hold them accountable and all that. I get it, but it's also I think it's important for us to have fun and be creative. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I I'm I'm I was no athlete, I, and I joke that I'm not a coach. Um, so my creativity comes from you know the marching band world, not from mm -hmm. from getting coached by some great guy. I mean, I, I I adore John Wood, and I adore you know some of those guys, but you know I'm more likely to watch the New York Phil than the New York Knicks. You know, before we close up here, I have a couple quick questions. But um, sure. you're you are a man and a coach of preparation. You know, again, going back to that whole, you know, being a chess player. You to be a chess player, you got to be mentally prepared and, and locked in. And you do a tremendous amount of work on the front end to get mentally prepared and to get the team and program prepared. But in the midst of all that, you know, you know, kind of coming back to being human. Do you ever get nervous or have you done this long enough where you just kind of, you have, 
you kind of get into your rhythm? Or are you human? Do you, do you get nervous before games? It's funny because when I first started, I, I, there's a kid who, who's now a junior college coach now. Um, we had a ritual before every match. She'd go, I'm nervous, coach. Are you nervous? And I'd say, I'm scared shitless. She goes, me too. Um, <laughs> but now um, I think there's some crystallized intelligence that if I'm doing my job and I'm present, I just got to rehearse the decisions I need to make, you know, and the thought process dealing with referees, dealing with assistants, dealing with the kids. I think if I rehearse it well enough, then I just need to do my part of the show. Mm, totally. And you, you enjoy the course that, line right? needs a choreographer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the course line needs a choreographer and director. Totally. Big time. Big time. Now, one question here before we close up. And I love asking this question uh, about reflection on your career. So when, when, you, when you reflect on your whole career as a coach, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Ain't that the truth? I've seen it again. I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> That's awesome, and and that is. I mean, seriously, you know, to to be a little bit more intimate from my perspective is, you know, I've worked with you for the last year, but it's I see that in you. It's um, you like puzzles, you like solving problems, and and you and you like doing it as a team. It's not all about you and. Um, and I, and I loved it. I loved uh, being a part of it and seeing it firsthand. Now, as far as my, my listeners or any coaches out there or players out there that want to connect with you, how do they connect with you or follow you on social media? Uh, <laughs> you can always get a hold of us on the midi.com website. Yeah. My email's there. I love volley dorking. I love talking about all this stuff. Um, I think... Midi Volleyballs on Instagram under at Midi Volleyball. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Coach, again, thank you for sharing your thoughts, your mind, uh, your journey, uh, your energy. It's uh, it's always an honor, and I know that my listeners are are enjoying this as they listen to this. But again, I want to thank you for being on my show. Thank you. Glad to share. Glad to figure out the course line thing. I kind of like that. Yeah, that's awesome. 